Welcome back to the Ways to Flourish podcast, where we discuss how to flourish through our challenges and elevate voices across William & Mary's campus. My name is Jenny Hellman-Dollar, and today, well, yesterday was Valentine's Day, and so today we're going to talk again to Hannah Artilas stravers Welcome back, as well as Krithika Layagala, who is a sophomore majoring in biology. How are y'all doing today? Doing great. Glad to be here. Doing good. And so, Hannah, could you tell us just a little bit about what you do here at the Wellness Center? Yeah, thanks. I work in the Office of Health Promotion, specifically focusing on how to help students have healthy relationships, practice consent, and prevent sexual violence. And so last semester, last season, we did an episode about the college dating scene. And so that was such a fun conversation. And after we had that conversation, Hannah, you sent me this article from the New York Times by Ms. Leibowitz, and it's called Dating is broken, going retro can fix it. So what was interesting about that article to you? Well, I really enjoyed our conversation. We talked a little bit about hookup culture and how students can meet folks, whether they're looking for you know, physical connection or intimacy with someone or whether they're really interested in long-term uh, relationships and more emotional intimacy. And we just briefly, for the first time, I heard about Marriage Pact. And then a couple weeks later, I came across this article that it's so interesting. It kind of brings up our, is our culture making a shift towards more intentional relationship building? So instead of meeting someone on a dating app or out partying, as college students might be in, in hookup culture, but really being intentional about the kind of person you want to meet. Um, and they reference things like all these you know reality TV shows like Marriage at First Sight. Mm. And it's just interesting if we're headed, are we headed back into that? sort of old-fashioned way of thinking? I don't know. I was curious about it. The article, basically the premise is it says that an increasingly individualistic and like technologically dependent society has resulted in a dating scene that's characterized by, quote, burnout, opacity, and callousness, end quote. And so Leibowitz proposes three practices for um, people searching for committed long-term relationships. And that's one, meeting partners through close people in your life or matchmakers rather than just online through dating apps. Two, having upfront conversations about long-term goals and values. And three, delaying sexual intimacy. And so it's important to keep in mind that this is an op-ed on the New York Times. So this is her opinion. And what we're talking about today is our opinion. But definitely, I think it's going to be a good conversation from the lens of your work, Hannah, as well as just what is it like being college students? And what do we think of those three points? So the first one is meeting partners through family and friends or matchmakers instead of online would result in a better relationship. Well, this was what was so intriguing to me and I wanted to do another podcast because when we spoke about it at that last episode, we were talking about, you know, the tone was like, we're sick of dating apps, like hookup culture is not working. And so I guess, yeah, I'm interested in the student perspective about meeting people through family or friends or with specific matchmakers. I don't know. Well, I met my current boyfriend through Marriage Pact, which I'm unsure whether that is more of a dating app or more of a traditional matchmaking. I feel like it's somewhere in the middle because I don't know who matched me. It was an algorithm. It was an <laughs> online dating thing of sorts mm -hmm. backed by science, I think, because they looked at studies that looked at what kind of values do you have to share with your partner 
in order for like long lasting relationships. And so I guess in that way, it's a unique matching service that sets it apart from dating apps, which is more you choose the person and you're given a plethora of options, whereas marriage practice gives you one. So it's more traditional in that way, but it's kind of, I really feel like it's in the middle. I personally think that college students take on getting matched up by their friends and family is a little bit more negative because some things I hear and personally like relate with is if you get set up by a family member or a friend, you're both kind of held accountable and pressured into making it work. Like even though they mentioned in the article that like, yes, if you are set up, there is kind of an expectation that you are on your best behavior and it does prevent like emotional damage but does that also mean it masks someone's bad behavior and like reveals itself later so I don't know that I totally agree with it I don't know that I'd want it for myself because William Mary is a small campus if my (laughs) friends set me up with someone they knew and it didn't work out I really don't want to keep seeing them around constantly (laughs) so just kind of random online dating matching services I think frees a lot of people from that awkwardness of having that obligation and maybe it means less like a friend sort of setting you up with a partner Mm -hmm. Um, but just because you have mutual friends you already have some similar values or some similar interests to kind of go off of so it might be oh, you might have this in common with this person, but I totally get you on the the pressure thing. And as someone who works in violence prevention, I want folks to feel like they can leave whenever they need to leave and not feel pressured by the people around them. Um, But the, the other point you made about dating apps versus marriage pact, having one person you get connected to and trying to develop, I wonder how that changes dating. Yeah, marriage pact is really interesting. I mean, I did it this past semester and I think like, I'm trying to remember some of the questions, but um, there's some kind of funny ones. I think in past years, one of the questions was like, would you rather leave someone at the altar or get left at the altar? <laughs> like, oh, they've okay. changed it a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't think that one was on the most recent one. But then, yeah. um, you know, they ask questions like, what are your political leanings? How much do you care about like what race you date? And something that I think is good about the marriage pact is that then at the end, it asks you to rank which questions are most important to you. But that being said, again, it is an algorithm. And although I think it's well done, well made, but also, you know, it's not the most probably sophisticated. Because I mean, I will say like Kritika, the last time we talked to Eli, and that is the person you met through the marriage mm-hmm. pact. And so like, may I ask like, what was kind of that process for you like going into it? I wasn't going to fill it out because I wasn't looking to date. At the time, I was just kind of like in my freshman year, first semester, exploring, meeting people. But I filled it out because one of my friends was doing it, and it was 2 a.m., and we were all sitting in a circle, and she was like, we should fill this out. seems fun. I was like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) Um, What else does one do at 2 (laughs) a.m.? Right, I know. What else would you do? The hype kind of built around it. I feel like it was, I was the first batch coming into college right after COVID. Mm. So I feel like my semester marriage pack was really hot. Like there was tons of yik yaks on it. There was lots of like social media buzz. The whole freshman class was like a buzz about it. And (laughs) matches came out. And so through the hype, I kind of got hyped for it. I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) who am I going to match with? I hope it's not the guy. Like I have a crush on Curly. (laughs) (laughs) They kept delaying it too. Like they were like, it'll be out tomorrow. And then five days later. Mm -hmm. Like part of me was hoping I did match with someone I know. Part of me was hoping I matched with someone totally random. Like it was really exciting. And then matches came out 
And I was like, oh, cool. And I was like, should I reach out? Should I like look for him on Instagram? Should I email? Like I didn't really know what marriage pack etiquette was. Were you supposed to reach out? Were you supposed to not? Now I know that usually people don't reach out to their marriage packs, it sounds like. I haven't heard any other success stories besides (laughs) mine. What is the expectation? Do you reach out after you've given this connection? It's very varied. So one of the questions on the marriage pact is how much do you care about meeting your marriage pact? For me, I put like a five because I was like, I want to know who this person is. And so in that way, it kind of makes sure you get matched with someone else that really wants to meet Mm. you. So I waited a few days because it was final season. I was kind of busy. I didn't really want to deal with it. But instead of reaching out on email, which I thought was lame, (laughs) I went to Instagram and DM'd Eli and he responded a few days later and we set up dinner and we found out we like had common interests and went on a few dates and it's the rest is history. We're still together. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. yeah. Cheers for, for women yeah. stepping up and doing the, yeah. The reach out reach. Out. <laughs> Honestly, I'm trying to remember what I was talking to Eli about it and like, yeah. Cause I, I knew yeah. Eli before you. According to him, he would have reached out, but he was just busy because of finals. <laughs> okay, so, <Eli>. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> well, that's kind of the thing that I'm most intrigued by with Marriage Pact is that it helps our students think about how to answer the questions before they're sitting with someone, right? Yeah. Or before they're partying with someone or before mm-hmm. they're at a student organization event together, right? Like, it's so important for us to take our time to reflect and kind of individually review what our values are, what we're looking for. We spoke last time about people having different needs and different types of relationships they're looking for. And I just want to empower everybody to every student at William & Mary to be thinking about what it is you're looking for when you go through the marriage pact, whether you're really looking for just doing it for fun or really looking to be, you know, serious relationship with someone or somewhere in between, you're spending intentional time thinking about what it is that you value and where you want to match up or where it isn't as important, right? As you said, you could rate the questions for what's most important to you. Yeah. What I thought was especially interesting is that me and him did the marriage pact again in (laughs) earlier this year and we did not end up matching. (laughs) Our answers changed over the course of like our relationship, but I don't, the differences were enough so that we weren't matched again, but they weren't enough that we didn't like each other. Right. Yeah. So like you get the results back and you're like, oh no, yeah. I guess this can't work then. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, I don't think marriage pact is like a end all be all, but it's definitely interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of brings up her second point of just um when should we be having these upfront conversations about our long term goals and values? And I mean, Hannah, you're right. I mean marriage pact makes us think about those things and of course you don't want to be going on a first date asking when the other person wants to get married and how many kids they want to have and if they'd want to be left at the altar but (laughs) you know I mean it's something to like keep in mind I guess and Krithika you were saying earlier that like maybe you don't agree as much with the article just because like in the college setting like getting friends to match make you and then it doesn't work out can be really awkward Mm -hmm. I didn't even think of that because in my head I was like oh my gosh not having to do the work of getting to know somebody and just trusting my friend's best judgment because I do trust my friends. Yeah, yeah, they know you well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, like, I didn't even think of the bad side. I was just kind of like, nah, that sounds sounds pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> when, we can, when you get to a certain age or a certain interest in a relationship and don't have one yet, people do start saying to, like, family and friends, relatives, like, 
I'm, I'm interested in settling down. If you know anyone that I might be able to meet, you think would be compatible, they might know some connections, right? And more power to the folks who can say, hey, I'm interested in meeting someone and I'd be so down if you could help me, if you had yeah. an idea of who I should, you know, where to try. I feel like a lot of people are open to that. I've had at least three or four friends express interests for me to like set them up. But I think the issue is I don't have many connections that are like single guys <laughs> for the girls that have told me they wanted to be in a relationship or like mm-hmm. get set up on a blind date. I wonder about that gender difference because I think a lot of my friends have not really come to me with that same sentiment, but Mm -hmm. also, you know, of course every group is going to be different and also like a random guy coming up to his random female friends saying he wants to get match made. That seems like it'd be less common. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, and we're dealing with a society that's raised women to think they need to be married or, or in a serious relationship before college and, has also communicated to us in various ways that men are never looking for something serious or intimate and and none of that is true, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's all how society has sort of framed relationships and but that is the reality which is why we need to feel comfortable reaching out when we get the marriage pact uh, to the person we might be interested in and also making sure that everybody on our campus feels like they can state what it is they're looking for. Do we think there are any like dating apps or programs that are maybe better for people of this generation? Because of course, comparing what is it, Match.com to things like Tinder, mm-hmm. there's definitely generational differences. I think one of the things that I think made my relationship successful is that I kind of went at it with intention. Like I was like, yeah, I'd be interested in dating. I am interested in maybe pursuing long-term relations if this ends up like good and I'm actively going to go after it. A lot of people I don't think have that mindset and just kind of want quick and easy dates to have fun and maybe don't want a longer-term relationship or don't want to try towards that. Or I feel like I was guilty of this, but like waiting for the perfect someone like they're scared of settling down because they're like oh this person like really like talking to them like we're good with dating but I don't know that they like ignite my passion and they're perfect and uh, we're gonna like tumble into this like whirlwind romance and get married at the perfect time like I don't know that that exists. Maybe I'm pessimistic, nice. but like, I don't, yeah, be nice. I don't Wait, know that I every Disney movie from the '90s is not right. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. And with dating apps, I think it makes a difference what people's intentions are. Yeah, I think you spoke about Marriage Pact being like not really a dating app. But also, obviously, it's different than meeting someone in class. And so I think Marriage Pact is a little bit different than Tinder or a little bit different than Christian Mingle or like there's these subgroups, right, that are supposed to sort of help filter down, which I think from from a health promotion perspective finding groups and spaces where you know you can be safe and and you can have some human-to-human, like, real-person contact just to make sure you're avoiding any fake accounts or predatory behavior. But it made me think about when do you have that question, right? Well, not in, like, the first or second date. You're not going to have all these conversations about how many kids do you want to have? What's your career going to be? What's your expected income? (laughs) But 
at that first or second date, folks who are interested in building longer term relationships or only interested in a physical connection, there's no reason we can't communicate that within our first interactions. And she's like, um, this is what I'm looking for. I don't know. Does that match up with you? And then we have to normalize the I am looking for something serious or long term and normalize that so we feel like we can say it when it's not what that other person is looking for. It can feel awkward, like, saying, like, just so you know, I'm looking for something serious. That doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I'm in this for the long haul right now. And, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think that could probably scare I some people away. I think I was guilty of that, for sure. Oh, I have been, for yeah, sure. like, on my third or fourth date, maybe, or something like that, we were, like, talking, and it was a conversation about, like, casual dating. And he was like, yeah, like, I feel like we're casual dating. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I know it hasn't been that long, but I don't really want to be non-exclusive. But I kind of went along with it, and it ended up okay. But I think maybe I should have been more forward, but I don't know how that would have been taken. Kind of like that emotional insecurity. Yeah, really important message there is if you know what you want, you knew you wanted to be exclusive, it's so important to communicate that and, and allow for that person to then respond with what their needs and their expectations are. But, you know, for emotional safety, but also for your physical health, health promotion professional. <laughs> had to say that. Yeah. And like, even if you're not exactly on the same page, like for instance, if one person did say like, oh yeah, I, I am into it for the long-term relationship. The other person's like, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet, but I do like you. So I'd like to continue seeing you. Like, mm -hmm. that's okay. Just as long as people know and they're on the same page. Yeah. I remember being surprised that like you could start dating someone but have it be casual dating and you could date yeah. other people while dating someone. That was a total shocker to me. Yeah. So I guess like a good conversation to have is like once you get asked out, ask whether this is like to date me, just me, or are you also going to go out and date other people? Because that can also be emotionally draining if that's not something you're okay with. Yeah, and, like, what does date mean? Like Exactly. What is your definition? Is it, like, the first couple of weeks? Yeah. Like, okay, but, like, if we're hanging out on the regular, maybe I'm old-fashioned and I am much older. But I know that we're having more of those conversations of multiple partners and stuff as a culture. But it still would surprise me that that wouldn't be, like, kind of an assumed thing if we were getting serious. <laughs> so have yeah. the conversations. College is a time to experiment, but just... Think about what you actually want. Exactly. All right. Well, Krithika, Hannah, thank you so much for joining me today. Such a fun conversation. Um, thank you also to our sponsor, United Healthcare, for support of this podcast. Ways to Flourish is produced by Lindsay Heck, Calder Sprinkle, and myself, Jenny Hall the Dollar.